one of the first things that we learned is talking to customers how important it is to talk to customers when we then we started talking to customers on a weekly basis each week we would talk to like 5 and 15 customers and then that could be like you know eureka moments multiple times a week because you would kind of think about you get to know about problems that you never thought existed and then you'd think about the use cases that you never thought existed Hi everyone and welcome to the Value SaaS podcast. The show where we talk to people from around the B2B SaaS world about their experience building capital efficient businesses. In this episode, I spoke to Tejas Mehta, co-founder of Social Pilot, which is a social media scheduling, marketing and analytics tool oriented primarily towards digital marketing agencies who have to manage multiple accounts for multiple clients at a time. In this session, Tejas spoke about how Social Pilot moved up market by investing an immense amount of time, effort and money into the customer discovery process which is a recurring theme in this podcast i think the most interesting part of the conversation was how increasing their pricing helped them grow faster and manage churn which seems counterintuitive at least to me because on the surface you'd think that people would be less likely to buy a product or more likely to churn if you increase prices anyways there's a lot of actionable insights in this interview that you can take so enjoy the conversation so most of the brands all of the brands are on uh, social media right and for example if tars is a brand tars would have like a linkedin page a facebook page a twitter page you know and what not right now instead of kind of going to each you know platform and kind of managing your media there you would kind of come to social palette connect all your profiles and manage social all social media from social palette so that's like a centralized place to kind of manage all your engagements all your analytics and all your publishing as well right now for a brand like tars it's a smaller problem because you have like three or four profiles right imagine this for like a brand like 3m right which has hundreds of thousands of you know profiles because they have like tons of brands so this becomes like a mega problem for them and then everybody in between right so tars and 3m if you see there's a spectrum everybody in between faces the same problem now this problem is multiplied when we talk about agencies because agencies are managing like multiple brands so they have like multiple brands and then each brand has like multiple profiles if they kind of start doing things manually uh they go crazy they'll have to employ like two three more people instead they use a tool like social pilot where they kind of connect all their social media profiles for the clients as well and then kind of manage publishing manage analytics and then manage engagement one one question one follow up question that i do have to that is that this is a problem that i would have never known about like i would never be able to found social pilot because i would have never known that this problem existed because as you mentioned yeah with tars we don't face this problem because we have three or four yeah. profiles a single brand so managing those social media accounts is not too hard for us how did you figure out that this was a problem is this something that you came across while consulting or is this something that i mean did you just make social pilot and then find it out along the way from talking to customers so interesting story right so uh, my co-founder jamit he used to run an agency right he used to develop websites for e-commerce folks right and uh, apps for like multiple people so the e-commerce guys had a tough time marketing on social media because they had like one average e-commerce store would have like 500 700 sku's and if they want to kind of market let's say 50 you know products from their uh, store on social media it becomes crazy there's a lot of content to post right multiply that by the number of stores that they have and number of social media profiles that they have so the first version of social pilot was basically an attempt to help e-commerce guys market on social media better so when we started social pilot our pitch was connect your e-commerce stores and then connect your social media and then see the magic so that's how that's how we started 
over a period of time we realized that people are not using the e-commerce part they're just looking at the you know publishing part and more and more non e-commerce people are coming into social pilots just for publishing so we said let's kind of chuck the e-commerce and focus on publishing that's how we came to social pilot got it so it seems like a key aspect of your journey was understanding who your customers were so you entered the market with yeah. a specific product in mind based on your own knowledge then you saw how people were using it it wasn't exactly how you expected them to use it so you kind of recalibrated to meet customers where they were now i'd be curious to know what does that process look like of understanding who your customers are because this is something we often talk about in discussions like this yeah. i think in the three past episodes that we've recorded for this we've talked about the importance of talking to your customers understanding your customers problem but what does it look like where the rubber meets the road how do you go about understanding who your customers are what they need what problems they're trying to solve yeah so we did not have a process or a framework in mind right when we started social pilot we kind of uh, used to analyze once in a while as to hey how many people are connecting their stores how many people are connecting their social media profiles and then that's when we discovered that people are not connecting their stores they're just connecting their social media profiles and kind of working from there right later on after joining opeka one of the first things that we learned is talking to customers how important it is to talk to customers when we then we started talking to customers on a weekly basis so each week we would talk to like 5 and 15 customers and then that would be like you know eureka moments multiple times a week because you would kind of think about you get to know about problems that you never thought existed and then you would think about the use cases that you never thought existed so for us customer discovery happened did not happen like in a framework manner very organized manner it was just looking at the database and seeing how people are using product and then we started talking to customers now we have like products like full story etc installed just to understand how customers are you know using the product and what issues they are facing what are the frustration points you know what are the error clicks and stuff like that so it evolved over a period of time but that's in a nutshell how we discovered got it got it so it wasn't you we didn't sort of overnight say we're going to understand who our customers are come up with a structure for how you were going to do it and then execute on that and use the insights from that study so to speak to inform your product and your 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 strategy it was more organic you noticed things about how your product was being used then you incorporated talking yeah. to your customers then you maybe formalized it a little more by incorporating a tool like full story when you're small and you have like seven people working on the product uh, you don't have a lot of processes you don't have like you know various tools and methodologies so then you kind of you know fight fires every single day and then you figure out that customer discovery is a problem and then you got to you know work on that database and whatever information is available in hindsight i know this is how you guys did it in hindsight if you could go back in time would you change things like would you try to yeah go at it with a process based framework oriented approach right from the start or do you think that it's a natural and inevitable way for small companies to to have to go with this sort of go with your gut feel see what see see if you can find any pieces of intelligence in whatever user data that you have and then iterate on top of that so uh, we would definitely change the approach right uh, one of the things that we would change uh, so if you understand so we for social part we imagine the problem that e-commerce guys have this problem let's connect this you know e-commerce to social media and see the magic in reality although that was a problem for e-commerce guys the solution was not connecting stores to social social media the solution was hiring an agency because it is impractical for an owner store owner to kind of do that right if we were to go back and do it we would kind of first talk to customers like that is the first thing that we would do even for writing like a line of code we kind of talk to customers understand what their problems are 
understand what they're trying to solve and understand how solving the problem will help their business overall. Would it be like, you know, top line generator? Would it be bottom line generator? How does it solve? So before line, writing a line of code, we would talk to customers, have three, four, five customers who are ready to like try out things, commit us on like, you know, some time and then kind of work on the product with them, co-develop with them and then see how it goes. So I'm, I'm definitely seeing a recurring theme in all of these interviews that I do of one part of the yeah. business, one process yielding compounding positive effects in other parts of the business. So for you guys, you were able to effectively understand who your customers were and that translated into having a better product that actually suited the needs of your customers more. I'd be curious to know that transition of adapting your product to your customers' needs. Did it have any impact on any other parts of the business, any other processes uh, that you guys used to run run social pilot it kind of uh, impacted every decision so one of the decisions was you know product usage are people actually using the product right uh, how do you figure that out are people actually uh, churning uh, you know how do you figure that out are people actually happy with the product do they want some more features do they want less features is something more complex is something less complex so talking to customers you kind of figure out that these are the problems that you can solve when you talk to customers. Even your marketing messaging, right? Copy, uh, your website copy, your pricing, all of those things can be discovered through customer communication. If you talk to customers and find out how much they are charging for their, uh, if we find out how much they are charging for their end customers, we realize that we are charging even, you know, one twentieth or one fiftieth of the cost that they are charging to their customers. So then we can increase the pricing, understanding the value that we are adding. But it kind of affected all the decisions right from what feature to build to how to market the product to how to ensure that customers use the product and to you know problems discovering problems other problems use cases that we can solve for the customers so a lot of processes that you mentioned there but a couple of them stand out to me as things which i don't feel people talk about enough and one was pricing um so you mentioned that understanding who your customers were helped you price your product more accurately where you were your pricing was initially much lower than your competitors, but you were able to increase that pricing to match the value that you were providing. For a lot of founders out there, I imagine that seems like a very counterintuitive move to make. I think that everyone sort of, most people would assume that the lower your price is, the easier it is to get customers, the easier it is to retain customers. So it might seem a little daunting to have to increase your pricing because you there's obviously going to be a natural sense of fear around, am I going to scare away potential customers who would have otherwise closed if I increase my pricing? Am I going to scare away my existing customers? Is this going to throw all of the processes that I've worked so hard to build up for a toss? So maybe could you, could you, could you speak a little bit about that transition of what it's like to increase your pricing and any potential hurdles, any potential considerations that you might that founders out there who are considering this should keep in mind? Sure. The limitations and uh, constraints are in your mind. As a founder, you are absolutely worried about increasing pricing because you lose customers. So that's the, that's the idea that we have in mind. And that's because a lot of uh, founders from India feel that you know they cannot compete in terms of pricing with like products built in the US or built, built in Europe, right? So that's a misconception that we have. Now, the right way of pricing is to understanding you know, customers' need understanding how much they're willing to pay and what value you're adding. Right? That's the right way to price the customers. Most of us don't do that. Uh, 
people start with you know looking at the competitor price you know slash it by 50% then then enter the market sure when you want to enter the market that's good but you can't sustain that way right uh one of the things that happens when you uh, don't decrease the price is that you'll get pretty you'll you'll get customers who are extremely price sensitive meaning if somebody's you know offering the same service or product cheaper they'll jump very fast so ultimately this is affecting your churn right so lower the pricing higher the churn the second second factor is that uh, if you increase your pricing there's always a factor of experimentation right uh, when we were in upeka in the first cohort uh, the first week of first cohort one thing that prasanna told us was to kind of double the pricing overnight and see what happens and imagine the amount of you know uh, terror that we might have experienced when you say if you don't double your pricing i'm not letting you go from here right i was visiting from us to india just for one week for that program and he's like you're not going anywhere you're going to miss your flight if you don't increase your pricing we increased our pricing overnight uh, and we realized that you know customers did not run away uh, new customers did not reduce it was the same amount of inflow in terms of leads and in terms of upgrades so you have to be cheap is a misconception that a lot of people a lot of us have it's okay uh, you can start there but you understand the pricing based on customers and kind of increase from there uh, one of my one of my competitors uh, the ceo of uh, a competitive company right uh, to social pilot he's a very good friend he's also a mentor uh, he's a competitor we compete like in a fa- in fair terms but he kind of advises me and guides me on a lot of things and then he mentioned that you know if you don't go up market you're always going to get the cheaper customers who are going to be like you know the customer is giving you like $50 he thinks he owns you the customer is giving you $500 he understands that you are running a business and hence it can go down sometimes etc so the maturity of customers also going to goes up uh, when you increase the pricing if if you are a founder you want to increase pricing every single year just don't miss out on that you'll see the magic another thing that you touched upon that i find very interesting is using pricing as a churn management tool so correct me if i'm wrong but i'm just going to repeat the mechanism at play over here but the idea is that so if price sensitive sensitivity is a part of your icp then you are essentially setting yourself up for failure because those customers are more likely to jump ship if they find a cheaper product and then if you if you increase your pricing and you meet more mature customers larger customers maybe and you peg the pricing to the value that you are offering them they're less likely to churn even if you increase the price because they are more acutely when they're thinking about your product they're not thinking about it in terms of price they're thinking about it in terms of value and and here's what happens right so, some some saas products have the strategy of you know using pricing as a uh, entry point which is great right uh, attract customers and see how people are using but you can't that can't be your core strategy that can't be your you know positioning uh, your icp uh, there are some saas products who kind of just do lifetime deals on appsumo and they're very happy with that they'll, they'll have like a year round lifetime deal going on an appsumo and that's your strategy so that's great but it's not sustainable right if you want to build like a world class saas company uh, you have to increase pricing so that you can provide more value to your customers in turn increase more pricing and in turn increase more value so here right just kind of increasing pricing does not help you have to kind of give corresponding value as well you do continuously better your product you can continuously kind of you know build capabilities and solve more problems solve address more use cases only then increasing the pricing would make sense otherwise you know it's instead of churn management it's like a churn attraction so it's almost like a feedback loop over here good product translates to higher pricing and higher pricing translates into 
good product because you have to justify your higher pricing so what i'm understanding what i have understood as someone who's never founded a saas company before who's only ever worked at a saas company and only ever worked in marketing at a saas company is the customer yep. discovery is sort of the ultimate process within a saas business without customer discovery everything else falls apart you can't really have good product if you don't know who your customers are you can't really have the right pricing if you don't know who your customers are you won't be able to manage your churn if you don't know who your customers are yep that's true for saas as well as non saas irrespective of the industry right if you are opening up a restaurant we talk about food business you if you open up a restaurant you don't know who you are serving for people are not going to come in right people are not going to eat if they will they will come once but they will not repeat because you don't understand their taste it's it's as simple as that and i think that's true for every business we talk about customer discovery a lot on this podcast but what does that actually look like in what does that actually look like to implement like when you are a you're a small saas company you have maybe a handful of customers how do you go about learning about these customers what's the what's the process like yep i'll tell you what we did right my co-founder and i individually we kind of emailed 50 customers we said hey we want to talk to you and understand how you're using social pilot and understand how we can make the product better as simple as that like a four liner email and then you get to get on a call getting on the call is the scariest part right because if you're a small company a lot of small company founders are either marketers or they are like developers and they want to develop the product and they, they don't want to talk to customers so talking to customers is pretty scary but once you kind of overcome that fear and you understand that they are happy to talk to you because you're building a product for them uh, it becomes easy but the first five calls are going to be very difficult uh, irrespective of that you have to pick up the phone and call them and talk to them and find out you know what are the problems and what are they trying to solve that's the that's the only way to kind of you know discover customers initially if you are small got it any tactics for getting over that fear or is it kind of just a thing that you need to do you just have to dive in man okay interesting now i am a as i constantly mention on these podcasts i studied social science and in social science one of the things yeah. that we often talk about especially in social science research is the limitations of our research methods so whether you're doing interview whether you're doing participant observation whether you're running surveys there are always limitations to those research methods and one of the big limitations that we talk about across research methods but i think it's particularly salient when you're talking about something like interviewing someone where you get on a call with them and you're talking to them about their problem is that self reported data is often the most unreliable data so how do you get actionable insights from your customers on these calls what are some strategies that you can use to to extract that information from your customers because I mean to give you some more context around this question I often find that like if you go to someone and say hey what's your like what's the problem that you face in your workplace they're often not aware of it in clear cogent terms it's something that they experience every day but it's not something they necessarily have to verbalize all the time so getting them to describe what that is on a call seems like a bit of a hard ask and it seems like there is some element of skill required to extract that from a customer so how do you approach those conversations 
Sure. So with this ball, uh, when you have like 15 customers, 20 customers, 30 customers, it's pretty simple, right? Get them on Zoom, ask them questions, ask them to show you how they're using stuff, right? How they're using your product. And then find out why they have to kind of create this particular action, right? Or take this particular action. For example, if somebody has to create groups, why do you have to create groups, right? So the five eyes and one how, right? So that kind of solves the problem. It's like peeling the onion, right? You kind of go layer by layer, layer by layer. But you have to understand the core problem. Uh, what we understood our core problem customers are trying to solve is not just lead generation, but also branding, for example, right? right. So then it kind of gave us, gave us more perspective that, okay, it's not true that, you know, if you post on social media, people will come to your site and buy products, but it's also like letting people know that, hey, we are alive. So you have to kind of go deeper and then go wider. Uh, and that will give you kind of a lot, lot of insights. For, for a smaller company, that's fine. Uh, Self-reporting is okay. When you grow, then you have to kind of put in tools and uh, matrix in place. And then you kind of put in tools like Mixpanel in place, right? To understand what features customers are using. And then you put in tools like full storing place to understand how they're using the problems, how they're using the products. And then at what particular point they're feeling frustration, right? What particular point they're kind of editing out or they're page clicking, right? So those things kind of then help you at scale. But to start with, you know, you have to kind of understand how they're using the product. Open Zoom, have them share the screen. If needed, if need be, offer them like $50 for their, for their time, right? Just be generous, like be honest. They have given you time to kind of better your own product. Wouldn't you kind of give them some incentive, right? Give them one month free. How does it matter? So start small, but then at scale, understand that, you know, things will have to improve. One thing that stood out to me about what you just said there is getting them to share their screen and go through the processes that they use every day in their workflows. That's, I feel like a golden piece of advice over there because... I mean, like I said, it's very hard for people to verbalize the problems that they face every day because like if you ask me what my my problems are as a marketer at ours, I mean, I certainly feel a great degree of stress being a marketer at ours. Yeah. If you ask me to, on a Zoom call, tell you what the exact problems that I face are, it's going to take me a little bit. I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to be like, I guess my problem is bandwidth because I don't I have all of these tasks to do but I don't have enough people to do them and then that'll send me on like a whole other tangent but if you ask me to get on a zoom call and show you what I do on a day-to-day -day basis for project management I'd totally be able to like hit screen share show you our Jira show you our Trello walk you through what checklists we have um, walk you through the process that I go through to, to, to keep that up to date, walk you through the process that we go through to get a webinar from start to finish. Um, so that's a very different ask for people. And it's, it's actually, there is this, uh, it reminds me of this one research method uh, that, I, that I read a paper about called the narrative method, where instead of asking people point blank what you want to understand from them you sort of get them to recollect a um recollect a story to you in in which involves that particular thing that you're studying so in this in this paper they were trying to understand what makes people get a specific vaccine and instead of saying hey why did you get this vaccine the question that they asked them was 
can you tell me how you spoke to your parents about getting this vaccine? And when they spoke about that conversation, they can recollect that story. Human beings are love stories. So they can recollect that series of events. And then a researcher can go back and sort of pull out the insights that they think are important from that story. But it's a lot easier for that, for that research subject to recollect that story versus telling you point blank what their intentions were when they wanted to get this vaccine. And it sounds very similar with, uh, with customer discovery, where if you get on a call, you know, get on a Zoom call and say, hey, what's your biggest problem at the workplace? The person is going to be like, I don't know. I have a million things yeah, on my yeah. plate. Versus if you say, hey, yeah. can you share, share your screen and show me what it's like, what your process is like to set up your social post schedule for the month. Yeah. And uh, we also have to keep in mind that I have like eight years of consulting experience. So in consulting and advisory, it's not that you kind of show up to the client space and kind of, you know, start advising them. You first understand the problem and there you kind of go through the process step by step, right? I have, I have seen uh, financial statements of reinsurance companies and I've kind of understood that process, right, in a matter of three days. So it, it comes pretty naturally for me to kind of understand the process and kind of deep dive, you know, ask the right questions. So some of it is kind of borrowed from the past life, past experience, but it's a skill that everybody can develop over a period of time. Yeah, I think this is why we probably see so many consultants, ex-consultants in the B2B SaaS space, because you sort of come into sure. the space with the tools that you need to know to execute well on customer discovery, which then translates into pretty much everything else. Yep, it helps. Uh, anyways, I honestly, Tejas, I think I have pretty much everything that I need. We covered a lot of good ground in this, but thanks for yep. joining this call with me, man. Absolutely. Such a pleasure. Thanks for your time. Well, folks, that's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe and rate the podcast on your preferred podcasting app. And of course, join us in a couple of weeks for the next episode. Have a good one.